Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Doink and Doink Connection, the podcast where Dave and I talk all things professional wrestling. Wrestling. In today's episode, we're going to be going over everything that happened in AEW and Impact Wrestling. got ourselves a very busy show today we do have the previous week in impact um as well as the previous two weeks in all elite wrestling uh the reason it's only the previous week in impact is because pretty much everything that happened this past week on impact was fallout from the prior week so this will get us caught up to what's going on leading into slammiversary this coming weekend we have one more show before slammiversary you have this thursday's impact on access tv but we're going to jump into Two notes for ROH to begin, though. Okay. We had a debut, and we have a new champion. Yeah? You want to you break it down? Yeah. So, um, a wrestler, female wrestler, who mm-hmm. is just getting out of her 90-day no-compete, mm-hmm. appeared on ROH mm-hmm. the other night. One. Uh, best in the world? Yep. One. Chelsea, Chelsea Green. Green. Um, her run at WWE was injury-riddled. I mean, there's nothing else that you can really say about it. She consistently was just having injury problems mm-hmm. and she could never she never really had a true opportunity wwe run yeah uh injuries really hampered her which is unfair yeah. um she's but, a great talent she is but again like we were saying on yesterday's show about the release of the women's talent crop that they released mm-hmm. and them taking on someone like eva marie they're spending one bit of money on one wrestler versus a lot of money on multiple wrestlers mm-hmm. that they're not doing anything with. Yeah. And again, Chelsea Green just kept being hampered and hampered and hampered. Now, it was reported that when she was going through all her injuries, after her release, WWE was still giving her and providing her Pension. the medical facility to recover from her injuries. Good. So, um, big kudos up there. And ROH has a new champion. Mm-hmm. One, Bandito. Yeah. Um, Bandito beat... Um, I'm trying to remember who he defeated at Best in the World. I can pull that up in 30 seconds. Let me get that real quick. Uh, R-O-H. Ring of Honor. He defeated at Best in the World. Uh, why am I having such a difficulty finding this? Um, it was against Rush, but I don't believe, was Rush champion? It was. Yeah, Bandito defeated Rush yep, to win the Ring of Honor championship. Yep, in a stunner. Like, it was a surprise that he yeah. came out on top on that match. But hey, good on him. Yes. He won the match. Yep. New uh, new champion. I always love seeing that. Yeah. It's always, it's always fun to see titles change hands, especially when it's not something you'd expect. Yeah, exactly. So it's like James Ellsworth should have won the title off of uh, AJ Styles. Never. <laughs> you Stop. Sure? Stop. What? The, no, never. Please. He already won the women's money in the bank contract the first time that they had it. Yeah, you're right. So, enough. Yeah, Enough. you're right. You could have used that to cash in on AJ. Moving on to Impact. Impact. Um, first note is that uh, Jake something um, defeated Brian Myers this past week, uh, formerly known as Kurt Hawkins, uh, but defeated Brian Myers. So now Myers has to um, 
reference him as an actual wrestler. He's been getting put down by Myers as not a wrestler, just someone who's there out of luck. But he actually picked up the win via the assist of a returning Matt Cardona. Uh, so that is going to spark their feud again in uh, AEW, not AEW, Impact, Impact. Uh, between Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, which yes. is a lot of fun. Yeah, they... they they were a lot of fun when they were, they were together in the E. Yeah, they were fun as tag team champs. They were fun uh, as the Edgeheads. Yes. Um, they were fun feuding yep. when they feuded for a little while. So um, um, they have obviously good chemistry, and this is a, a wrestling promotion taking advantage mm-hmm. of knowing that that chemistry is going to work out and mm-hmm. have some excellent matches. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the women's division, the knockout singles knockout division, we had Deanna Perrazzo in a open challenge against Lady Frost, and she go ahead, she went and uh, took on Lady Frost in a good match. Um, obviously, did she come up as the champion, of course, um, and then found herself face to face with one Gail Kim. Um, Gail Kim came out to confront uh, Deanna Perrazzo and basically tell her, "I'm not here because I want." the belt i'm retired i don't want to wrestle anymore but i'm here to announce that this sunday at slammiversary you are going to be defending your knockouts championship against a mystery opponent against somebody you will your music will play you will find yourself in this ring they will announce the match and then only then will you find out who your opponent is well, that's because Perazzo says that she can beat anybody. anybody and doesn't need to know who it is. So this is where you get the gears turning a little bit. Who could it be? Exactly. Who could it be? Could it be someone from, from AEW? Could it be someone formerly in WWE? Could it be another Impact wrestler? Who knows? My mind immediately went to Mickey James. Well, my mind immediately went to uh, Ruby Riot. But I realized her 90 day has not passed. Um, but Mickey James's has. As well as Both some iconics. That, that you mentioned the iconics, specifically Cassie Lee. Yep. Which that would be a lot of fun to see Cassie Lee versus Deanna Perrazzo. Yes. And since you brought up AEW, the first name that pops into my head is Tanera Conti. Mm hmm. That's the first name that pops into my head. Yeah. Obviously, she's doing a lot in AEW, but wouldn't that just be awesome to have her facing you know who'd Deanna Perrazzo? You know who'd be fun and that would continue this kind of cross-brand competition thing? Would be Tay Con- uh not Tay Conti, um, Hikira Shida. Shida would be fun. Um, a, um, Is it Abandon? Abaddon. Abaddon would be a lot of fun. Abaddon would be a lot of fun, but I would see, so I would see a lot of... Um, conflict with her on impact considering at slamiversary we're getting a rosemary match yeah no no no. I, and I, they're very very similar yeah i would only want to see him cross if they're crossing each other's paths no no i i understand that i just she's a lot of fun maybe it's someone that's art that's currently in a tag team my mind goes to rachel ellering or jordan grace yeah that, that that was Jordan be. Grace is a former Impact's Knockout Champion in her own right. Yeah, Rachel Elring, I don't think has sniffed the belt. That would be fun. Yeah, there's a lot of good possibilities for this match. A lot of good possibilities. Moving on to the next note, um, it's a pretty big note in here because uh, it's a pretty big man. Uh, w Morrissey 
defeated Jason Page, Manny Smith, and Devontae Adam Evans in a three-on-one handicap match. Single-handedly took out three other grown men. But before the match, he accepted Eddie Edwards' challenge at Slammiversary. So that is another match we're getting at Slammiversary. That one's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Two big slabs of beef just slapping against each other. Yeah. That's all that is. It works. Now, I am... I am not a fan of three-on-one handicap matches in which the guy just dominates and wins. No. I don't like it. I don't like it because you're burying three talents mm-hmm. with one guy. Um, if that's what they have to do to get this guy over, I, I, I respect that. But even at the prime... That's what they did with Cass in WWE. When he split with Enzo, they had him squash a few people at a time. I know, but like even... Like to me, when I think of monsters, I think of someone like, um, Great Kelly. No, no, Kane and Ryback. And when you look at like the people that Ryback faced when he did handicap matches, they were straight jobbers, my size. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Kane never really had any, um, two on one or three on one handicap matches. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean I understand Kane came right into. Face Undertaker, Taker, yeah. I understand that, but they never did any of that handicap stuff with him. Mm-hmm. When you have these true monsters, I understand their booking premise with this. Um, but now he's going to be going into a match against one guy. Sure, that one guy is probably about the same size as him, but he just handled three guys, and yeah. those three guys combined are, are probably the same size as Eddie Eddie Edwards, or if not a little bit bigger. Yeah, and have six appendages. Ver- uh, no, I'm sorry, um, twelve twelve appendages versus. Four. Four. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, it's like facing an octopus at that point. Yeah. Um, we had multiple matches announced for Slammiversary this week, and I'm just going to run down the list. We have Rosemary and Havoc, who became the number one contenders for the Knockout Tag Championship to face Fire and Flava, which that's going to be a fun match. I would love to see Rosemary and Havoc pick up those belts. Um, bit of a thrown together tag team. They do have some history in the past, but it's not it's not a tag team you'd expect to be number one contenders. Mm-hmm. But who is at this point? Our Raw Tag Champions is Omos and AJ Styles. Okay. That's fine. Our Women's Tag Team Champions in NXT are Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. I mean, Tamina and uh, Natalia. Exactly. So, it is what it is. It's going to be fun no matter what. We are getting a Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Championship match for the Impact Tag Team Championships between the Good Brothers, Swan, uh, Rich Swan and Willie Mack, TJP and Talaba and the champions VBD violent by design, which that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. That's a retention for violent by design. I, I agree. Um, I don't see them dropping. I don't see brothers picking it back up. I don't think Swan or Mac or TJP and Talabala will. Yeah. I... But the, ma- the show ended well earlier on in the show a little bit. Um, I'm just going to say it out blunt. Um, Don Callis had Sammy Callahan arrested for assault but i'm like okay you're in the wrestling world and you don't expect to get beat up hello regardless he somehow gets released whatever um and finds his way into the ring uh against kenny omega across the table for the contract signing and it ends with kenny omega put through a table now, after a small package pile driver, yeah. Um, 
So Callahan puts Omega through a table two weeks prior to the show. We have one more episode of Impact on Axis before Slammiversary. Does Omega get the upper hand this week leading to a potential Sammy Callahan title win? No, um, because they're currently at 50-50 booking. You have to remember, Sammy Callahan lost the uh, six-man tag team match with him. Um, I think it was Moose. And I can't remember the third tag team partner that Tommy Dreamer put together to face the Good Brothers and, and, Omega. and Omega. And the Good Brothers and Omega came out on top in that match. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't... I almost see this being almost like a standoff between these guys. We'll get a face-to-face. We'll have Omega holding up the belt or having all the belts yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah that, that's almost how I see it. Now, what I find funny is how um, this is truly harking back to your Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon character arc mm-hmm. once again. Your main foil, i.e. Sammy Callahan, i.e. Stone Cold Steve Austin, being arrested before a big title match in which you have this corporate champion. At that point, Stone Cold won the title. Mm-hmm. So Does I, history repeat itself is the question. And I see I see a lot of um, similarities between Sammy Callahan and Stone Cold in terms of they're totally cool with using violence to get what they want, where Stone Cold brought out the beer truck and he beat people up with chairs and he stunned everybody. Yep. He didn't care. Use a cement mixer on McMahon's Corvette. Some Sammy Callahan is a little bit different where he's tapped. Yeah. He, he he's crazy, but it's it's the same kind of thing where he's going against authority. Yep. He's the face in the situation, which is a lot of fun to watch a tapped face Sammy Callahan because one of my favorite matches from I think it was 2018 was a mask versus hair match on Ring of Honor, I believe it was Ring of Honor, between Sammy Callahan and Pentagon. And it was a no-holds-barred match. And holy shit. They did... I don't know if you've ever watched a hardcore match where they have those, like... It almost looks like pasta, but it's like the straws Mm -hmm. that people hit into each other's heads. Yeah, they were doing that. They were sitting across from each other in chairs, just hitting each other with the with the spikes. Wow! And it was sticking into Penta's mask. They he ripped a hole in Penta's forehead of his mask and put the stakes in. I'm not a I'm not like hardcore wrestling is my life, but it's fun to watch sometimes when you have the right people in it. Yeah, and Sammy Callahan's the right guy for that. Yeah. And it's fun to see someone who you wouldn't expect in that match to perform that well in that match, a.k.a. Pentagon. Yes, yes. But speaking of Pentagon, we're going to move over to All Elite Wrestling. We have a couple of weeks to break down. Um, We're going to kind of intertwine everything together from the past couple of weeks. But we're going to start with Andrade El Idolo. He had a sit-down interview with uh, Jim Ross. I think that was a few weeks ago. Yes, that was a few weeks ago. Um. But he basically laid out that he's here for gold. He wants his gold. Yep. Um, he actually had his first match this past week on uh, on Dynamite uh, where he had a match against Matt Seidel, a very good match uh, where he ended up winning with the uh, Hammerlock DDT, which I think they've named El Idolo. Yeah. I think that's what just what they're calling it. Yeah, they're calling it El Idolo. 
um, which is is very good for him to win his first match. Um, obviously, was going to win his first match in in AEW. Yeah, I mean, there, there's no other way this, about you don't it. Make this big hype, and then you know, not have him win. Now the only problem is you got to make sure you keep him away from Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, you got to make sure you keep him away from Cody Rhodes. Um, Cody Rhodes is the Grim Reaper of new pushes. Yeah. Up next, uh, we have a TNT title match between Brian Pillman Jr. and Miro, where Miro absolutely wrecks shop, which is what he's supposed to do. This is what we said when he first won the title off of Darby Allen. Is just let him win by stoppage by ref stoppage, yeah. which is exactly what we had. He had the accolade on Pillman Jr. and they had to stop the match. Yeah, it's what they need to do with him until he find until he meets his match, which I don't know who it is. Until he meets his match, he he's not dropping that belt and he's winning every match. Yeah, and he has to win every match in dominant fashion. Yeah. It can't he can't squeak by with roll up wins and stuff like that. No, no, he needs to win via accolade stoppage every single match. Yes, or his punt kick into a pin or whatever. Yeah, i.e., what Rusev did mm-hmm. upon his entry before he ran into John Cena. Yes, which which hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Cody Rhodes is the John Cena. <laughs> yep, pretty AEW. much. So be careful. Um, now we're gonna I'm gonna kind of. Knock a lot of thing and locking a lot of notes in here together, um, and I think you'll understand why. Pinnacle versus Inner Circle. We had numerous different encounters between the two factions. Yeah, these different fa- members of the yeah. Each so faction. we had a match between MJF and Sammy Guevara, where MJF won um, via some distraction by uh, Sean Spears, um, who was able to uh, hit Guevara with a chair allowing MJF to win. Um, We had a face-to-face between Jericho and MJF um, where MJF pulls the Jericho card and say, you have to win four straight matches before you even get a shot at me. Kind of building this whole feud to continue. We'll get get a match between the two of them at whatever their SummerSlam-esque pay-per-view is. is. Um, We got uh, Pinnacle... Versus Inner Circle, which is FTR and Wardlow versus LAX and Hager, where the Pinnacle gets that one up. I think the Pinnacle is getting a lot of like head ups here. They're getting a lot of W's over the Inner Circle right now. But I think leading up to the next pay per views for them, Inner Circle is going to start getting a couple of wins. They're going to start picking off a couple of the guys. They'll get a tag team win here. Guevara will get a get a win over. Of spears or something, mm-hmm. we'll we'll get some building of wins for the inner circle because the ultimate one is when he's healthy. Jericho is going to pin MJF. Yeah, that that's that's the quote, mark uh, pun intended pinnacle of this feud. Yeah, it's it's them too. Yeah. Now, see, I actually don't see it that way. No, no, I see Jericho giving the rub to MJF. Really? Yeah, yeah, I do. You think that's the pinnacle? Do you think that's the end? Yeah. Is how is that MJF's going to get the rub from Jericho? Yep. It's and a, then the two it, factions are going to find themselves in different directions? Yes. Yeah, because Jericho will have to leave AEW for some time due to this loss. And go tour with Fozzie. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I, that's how I see it playing Okay, out. that makes a lot of sense now. And then, you know, you have the rest of the inner circle kind of like thrown to the wind at that point. Mm-hmm. 
Like what happens to Guevara? What happens to Hager? What happens? You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of moving parts at that point. And then the Pinnacle will stake their claim as the dominant force within AEW going after tag team gold, world championship gold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they'll start going after the elite, going and, after Omega and the Bucks. And going after the um, the Dark Order and, and stuff like that. the Rhodes family. Exactly, exactly. Um, speaking of the Rhodes family, uh, the opening match of Ryder, was it, um, uh, Rage Ryder, Ryder Rage, something like that? Road Rager. Road Rager was the first show back on the road for him, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, they were in Miami, I think, because, uh, the opening match was a South Beach strap match between Rhodes and QT Marshall, where Rhodes picked up the victory. Now, during this match, there was a little bit of um, light flickering, um, and they blamed that on, oh, the, the weather in the area has been rough because they just got hit by a hurricane and all that, yeah. tropical storm. Tropical storm, Elsa. Yeah, so they were blaming it on the weather, that their, their electrical's been off kind of throughout the whole time. Um, so there was a few like light flickering throughout the show. A um, little bit later on, uh, we had Kenny Omega in the ring um, with all the gold, um, and him and the rest of his little posse, the Good Brothers, the Young Bucks, all kind of surrounded the uh, the Dark Order, who were out there cutting a promo, just for one cowboy shit to come back and face-to-face with Kenny Omega, which is going to be your title program. Yeah. Going into this SummerSlam pay-per-view. And, and it's amazing how almost a year to the day... We have the, the same footage. The same footage rolls are completely reversed. Yeah, completely where Omega is the heel in this situation. Yep, yep. Which is awesome. Yes. Which this is what we're going to get. And I think we talked about this. We might not have talked about it in the podcast, but how we think that there's a lot of heels being built right now. I don't think we talked about this um, over the podcast. No, we did not. There's a lot of heels being built right now, so there needs to be a face champion. Yes. So we kind of agree that that Hangman could find himself as the next AEW uh, champion. Yes, we we could see that. And then again, if Omega remains champion, he's just the ultimate heel. Yeah. And it's no problem putting another heel against him that you want to try to get on the side of the crowd. Yeah, true. So it's it, it there's a very weird dynamic here. How long will Omega hold the title? It it's it's all about what what the, their plans are with the totality of that top echelon of the division. Mm-hmm. So, um, Hangman would make a great champion. Yeah, Hangman's a phenomenal talent. I mean, um, his whole story arc with Kenny Omega when they were the tag champions was great. Mm-hmm. Was absolutely great. Um, and he was right the whole time. He knew he was going to get screwed over. Yeah. And um, he played that borderline heel paranoid so well at that point. Mm -hmm. Now he's found himself with the Dark Order, and he's got people who really care for him. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a very interesting dynamic. It definitely will be. Yes. Um, We also had a, the main event of Road Rager was the Bucks uh, defeated Eddie Kingston and Penta in a street fight. And boy, was it a street fight. We had uh, thumbtack boots. We had thumbtack Canadian destroyers. We had thumbtack 
power bombs. We had tables. We had the whole lot. Mm-hmm. But the Bucks do come out on top, uh, retaining their tag team titles, um, which I like, which I'm happy that they can uh, retain the titles. Um, because if Penta was to win the titles, I'd rather it be with Phoenix, in my opinion. Nothing against Eddie Kingston, but I consider the Lucha Brothers... The true... Yeah, the true tag team there. Exactly. Which, I get it, Phoenix is hurt, but still, I'd, I'd like to see when Penta picks up those tag belts to be with Phoenix. Yes. Yeah. And then this is what we've been waiting to talk about. WWE screwed up screwed the pooch when they wrote someone's contract when they rewrote someone's contract they did not change the 90 day non-compete or the 30 day non-compete for an nxt superstar to a 90 day yep malachi black well first of all first of all okay the aew announcement of this guy by the table Bye. Oh, it was awful. It was awful. That's Tommy End. That's Tommy That's End. not Tommy End. That's Malachi Black. Yeah, it's it it, it was very it, it was fumbled the, the way they introduced yeah. the character. Oh yeah, by the way, this is the this is the the uh uh light issues. Yes, th- this is the light issues that came full force with Arn Anderson getting his head kicked off and then Cody Rhodes getting his head kicked off. With probably I know we talk about how Alistair it, Black that's not that's more not one and more of his and best more and more and more. It was flush. It's not one of his best ones. I'm sorry. Go, I mean, go. I mean, the one Leon Ruff took in the empty arena era was great. Um, Buddy Murphy, Johnny Gargano. Yeah. Okay. At War Games two. Was yeah. It War Games two, where he took two of them. I mean, it's not a Lars Sullivan. Okay, where it's a complete whiff. But, I mean, it's a good one, especially considering he's in dress pants and he's in dress shoes. It, it's still mm-hmm. f- a, a great move. Here's the thing about this whole Malachi Black. First of all, Tommy End put out a video package. It was about the, a five-minute video package. The day before on his social media. Highlighting all this stuff about, you know, his mental battles with this demon that's inside him mm-hmm. and yada, yada, yada. But the thing is, He's continuing his story arc from the WWE, one hundred percent. He still has his eye all blacked out. It's blacked out with the white contact. With the white contact. This is great booking on the side of black. This is great wrestling storytelling. Yes, because the thing is, black has not said he is never going back to the E. No. He did he said he's not going back to the E right now. Right now. If he is continuing his character's arc and AEW continues his character's arc and he's able to then transition that right into a free agency period and gets back into the E as Alistair Black, which is a reimagining of Malachi, it is just it's great. It's brilliant. It is brilliant. And that shows that they let him debut with that eye, with that face paint, whatever they did. He still has the black mass, all that. Yep. That's giving him a lot of creative freedom. Yeah, it is. The only thing is, he's up against Cody Rhodes' thought. Yeah. The Grim Reaper of pushes 
in AEW. Yeah. That's the only thing. Yeah. So. As soon as he's off Rhodes Island, though, as soon as he's off Cody Rhodes Island, sky's the limit for Oh, the it is. Of course it is. It, I mean, um, you have stuff with Andrade you can do. You have stuff with uh, Pac when he returns. You have stuff with Miro. Yes. There's a lot that you can really do with Malachi Black. I would keep him away from Miro. You want Miro to be a buzzsaw, so keep him away from Miro. But so here's here's where I where I we we needed to find that foil for Miro. I know, but I would keep him away from Miro for now. Like just keep- oh, I'm not saying stuff him right in there now. I'm saying six months down the line, when Miro needs an actual opponent that's going to put him in his place. That's your Malachi Black. Okay, all right, but then you're relegating. In my opinion, somebody who should be going for top gold to mid-card gold. I don't see Malachi Black winning that belt for a year. Because they have so many people that they want to put in the storyline. Because you're going to get Hangman Page eventually. You're going to get Andrade. You're going to get Pac. You're going to get Eddie Kingston. You have all these guys that could be lined up for programs that I don't want to see Malachi Black in AEW without a title picture for too long. Okay. If you want to put him in the in the main card right away, albeit all for it, he needs to have some kind of gold on him within the first year of him being in, in the in All Elite Wrestling. So basically, they're gonna to have to mirror book what they did with him at NXT. Yes. That's what they're going to have to yeah. do. Exactly the same mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Because he had his gold in four months at NXT. But he was top champion at NXT. He wasn't mid-card champion. Because uh, the North no, American title wasn't, wasn't a thing. I know, but when he when he was introduced, the point was to get him to the top. Yeah. Because who was champion at the time? Was it McIntyre? He took the belt off of Samoa Joe. Okay. I believe it was Samoa Joe. Because Black lost it to... Andrade and then Andrade dropped the belt to McIntyre who dropped the belt to Cole. I believe that was what the order was. No, because Champa had the belt before Cole. Let me hold on. I like how we're talking about WWE and <laughs> on a uh... well no it's just so this way that we can talk about all right, the order of the NXT title reigns were he beat it, he got it he he lost the belt to Champa. Okay, so he lost it to Champa. Is how he lost the belt. Yeah, he lost it to Champa. Okay, that's right. So Champa and Gargano started getting started trading for a little while. Because McIntyre beat Rude for it, who was beat by Almas, who was well, beaten by Black. Black. Yes. So if you want to... How's this? You want to mirror it? You want to mirror this? Have CN take the belt off of Omega, and then have Black take, take the belt off. off CN. Yes. Well, or Elidolo. Elidolo. That's... If you want to mirror it. If, if they mirror it, we know... I mean... Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing about wrestling, as we were saying about Impact... History has to repeat itself. You cannot always come up with new story arcs. Mm-hmm. You have to go into the past to pull something out. This is why, again, we talked about the passing yesterday, but someone like Paul Orndorff will be remembered in history 
through everything because Paul Orndorff was this powerful heel. You're seeing it with Miro, this powerful heel who needs a face foil. Yeah. Okay? So history is repeating itself. Let's just make sure that the Grim Reaper Cody Rhodes does not end Black's push too soon. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying there. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the Doink and Doink Connection. If you have any questions or concerns, feel free to hit us up on the show's Instagram page, at Double Doink Network, or reach out to us on our personals, at DJ Ald and at DareLaufenDoink508. We are available to stream at any time on your favorite podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and many more. Thank you again so much for listening. I have been Josh. I have been Dave. And we've got two words for you. Doinks out. Doinks out.